Welcome to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneur show with me, Brenda Hector. I'm a business growth specialist helping business owners to develop themselves and grow their businesses so they can achieve their goals and enjoy the lifestyle they dream of. I'm also on a mission to revolutionise the entrepreneurial landscape for women in business. In every podcast episode, I interview someone who has an inspiring story or some great advice for women aiming to start or scale their businesses. If you're new to the show, take a moment to subscribe and please check out the previous ones after listening to this. We've got an awesome community on Facebook. Just search for Scale Her Up and join in. This episode is the second part of an interview that I conducted with Anne Johnson of Blaze Manufacturing. If you haven't already listened to part one of this interview, I advise you do that before you continue with part two. As women in business, we, we, we've we almost got an obligation to help each other. Yeah. You know, to, if, if we're going to make a difference to the, the landscape, the business landscape, we've got to support each other to get up there to this, the same level as as, as men have done so yeah I help a, I help a lot of businesses at, at, at men women I don't care I don't care who it is and I help a huge amount of businesses for free for completely free and then I did a lot I used to do a lot more and then I recognized I was taking away an income stream for people like Sue Prentice who'd I gone to because I would just help them for free but that's that's Sue's business so I started to refer people and say you need to go and see that you know I'll have a chat with you but I don't get paid for that that's not what I do I think you should go and see and then refer people on so that was a change I made I joined the committee for the association of Scottish business women in March this year and I do a huge amount for them and then my son said oh so it's just for women then and I had a real problem with this because why should it just be for women because I will genuinely help anybody and we wrestled with this and I spoke to the president is Lindsay Greer who's she's actually a director of uh, customer services she's she's a phenomenal lady she lives on the west coast we had this really bizarre committee of I'm gonna say misfits and I hope they don't I hope they don't get upset at that but they're all in their own right phenomenal women and we're all over Scotland and we just pulled together and we support all the affiliate groups all around Scotland and it's a lot of time. It takes a huge amount of time, completely unfunded. It's a not-for-profit. We do it all for free. And they, I, I said to them, we're going to have to come up with an answer for this because if we get challenged or trolled, what's our answer? And I said, you know, the only thing I can think or, or analogy I can bring is cancer research doesn't do diabetes type 1, just like our focus is women. That's all. We're not anti-men. We're absolutely not anti-men. Most women are married to them. Most of them have got sons. So it's not that we're anti, it's just that we can't help everybody, but we can help this section of people. And through that, I've met the most amazing businesses that are far more interesting than mine. We do fire systems for high hazard assets in very dangerous places. You know, there's, I met one lady on a, on a link, uh, sorry, a networking, and she lives near Inverness, and she hires out a private island for a multi-million pound family in America. How cool is that to very famous people, very famous singers? How cool is that? Wow. You know, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a finance director for a fire systems company. Oh no, I rent out, <laughs> you know, do you know? And it's meeting those people and validating what they do because most of them have got imposter syndrome 
I was telling Sally this morning that I'll need to leave soon because they're going to find out that I'm absolutely rubbish at what I do after 14 years because you convince yourself of it. You, you have a rough day. Everybody has a rough day. If, and somebody gave me this tip. If you're having a bad day or you're depressed or whatever, don't go into work. And I thought that was ridiculous. And then they said, but you're the barometer of the office. You're the barometer of the company. So if you're down and somebody says good morning, they gauge how the company is doing by the way you say morning. And if you're down or you don't answer, which is even worse, suddenly everybody thinks you're going bankrupt or something terrible has happened. So you're the cheerleader for the company. Being a, being a leader is a cheerleader. You've got to make sure everybody's okay. This is the hardest time to do that because we're all revolt. So I'm in the office today because we've got, how many have we got in the office? We've got about seven people in the office just now instead of 20 because everybody's got the option of working at home. But what we're finding is people are needing to come back to the office because they're needing that social interaction and they want you in front of them and they want to talk to you about whatever it is, personal or business, because everybody's missing that. This week, I've had, yesterday, I had um, a person, not, not a blaze person, but somebody else. I've had a depressed person on the phone who I had to basically talk down because they were not in a good place. I had somebody freaking out on the phone. And it's because of that realization that this is not till Christmas. This is going to be all next year. And no one's going on holiday next year either, abroad. So it's just that horrible realization of everybody and everybody down whether you are at the top of the organization or at the bottom of the organization so it's about sticking together as a company but then sticking together as a community and then sticking together as doesn't matter if you you're in Ayrshire I'll happily talk to you and have a chat and see if I can help you so tomorrow tomorrow this week's really busy because tomorrow I am doing a the Persia networking and the woman rang me and she said, I'm really worried because I've only got a few people that are on the call. And I said, it doesn't matter. We'll just have a lovely chat. And then they'll talk to other people about it. And this is how you start. You start little. It doesn't matter how small you are. It doesn't matter if there's just two of you. It, it'll, it'll grow. Awesome. Oh, it's so great to listen to you. Listen to you talking. And the you know tips for leadership, are, that, that's what it's all about. One of my questions was, what advice do you have for businesswomen aspiring to success? And I think throughout your what you've been saying, there's been lo- lots of lots of tips that you've got there. Well, what's success? I, you know, that's a really that's what they ask you at, you know, at these sessions. You know, and what's success to you? So I, we 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 had this lecturer at the stock exchange. No one needs to go because I can just tell you everything. So we had this amazing lecturer who was Canadian. And he, well, I can't remember which college he worked. Is it the Oxford College in, in London? Amazing guy. Absolutely amazing. Everybody's like, ah, what, just watching him because he, he delivers his, everything he tells you, there's a story at the end. And it was the stories that I loved, the, you know, the actual, my favourite is let's talk about, let's talk to Kevin. It's called Let's Talk to Kevin. And it's a play on the words of let's talk about Kevin, you know, the famous book. And it's a true story. So, Three guys set up a company and he didn't say what the company was, but they set up this company and they set it up in the bedroom. It was a computer company, but I'm not sure which company it is. It's obviously a very famous company. And as the company grew, two of the people grew with the company and one of them didn't, Kevin. So Kevin became the technical director 
and he he just didn't perform and it was you know he wasn't turning up for work and a variety of, of behaviors and he made some mistakes and they kept saying we need to talk to Kevin we need to talk to Kevin we need to talk to Kevin and then one day they called him in the boardroom and they were going to sack him they were just going to sack him and the only the only words they got out was were I think we've got a problem and Kevin said oh thank goodness because I've I've hated this and I I can't cope with the growth and I know we get all these millions of pounds every year in dividends but I can't I can't do it all and he was just panicking and he was desperate for a way out and they gave him the way out with dignity and the story behind that the advice behind that is if somebody is not performing at work it's generally because they're very unhappy and you need to start the conversation very gently and they will tell you what the problem is. And we've had that a couple of times where somebody's not fitted, or because the company's grown, sometimes people don't grow with a company. And it's not till you have the conversation or reassure them that what they're doing is, is great. Because you just think by saying, oh yeah, thanks for that, that's great, that that's enough. But some people need more than that. Everybody needs a different approach as well, which is exhaust, but it's what's needed. So that's what you have to do. Like, it's like when your husband cleans something in the house. I mean, that's a full round of applause if he's hoovered. <laughs> Whereas I wouldn't even expect anybody to notice I'd hoovered the rug. But he'll tell you, I hoovered the rug. Did you husband? That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Thanks. Thanks very much. That's great. So that's just about different people. But success, I, I, I genuinely, 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 my success, I always thought was I'd pay off the mortgage. So nobody could take my house away because that was unfortunately a position we were in when Howard was poorly. So nobody could take my house away. I had enough money. We did a profit and loss, you know, as part of being super rich because we were going to sell a business for a very lot of money. So we did a profit and loss of our lives until we were 100. And we could not physically spend more than, I think it was three and a half million pounds. And I was, at the time, I think I was 46. And that is living a, an outlandish life so I needed that much money and then plus I needed whatever to give both my children who were adults and that's what success was it was a financial equation and that's what everybody says when you first ask them what's success I think people think it's a financial genuinely it's a financial thing success is actually enough money to be secure Genuinely, there is a financial equation. Of course there is, because you've got to keep everybody safe in your family. You decide who your family is as well. That's another one I learned from somebody who's very rich. You've got to decide who's in, who's in and who's out. Because as the one that's striving ahead, you've got to make sure you can, you can support yourself and these other folks. And that might be an extended family. It might be just your children. I, I'm a full-time carer as well. Of course I am. I'm a superwoman and he is 86 and he lives he lives at the at our house so when people talk about oh, I've had a really busy day it's been quite varied just 35 minutes ago just for a week spoke my dad was on the phone because he's got a ticket for being in a bus lane and he is freaking out and I had to go online to google maps and do just try and sort it all out for him so you don't know what's going to happen yesterday he took apart a chair because he dropped a tablet down it and he cut out the bottom of the chair a winged back chair while I was just through in the office in the house every day there is a saga every single day and I know everybody else is like that as well so I have to be able to look after my father look after my kids look after their kids 
because we've now got four grandchildren, which is fab. But actually, success is having the financial footing to be able to step back and look after the children. Because when you're building a business, your children miss out so much. My son once wanted to get me to send a letter to the school to say that the reason he hadn't done his homework is because dad was working away and mum was in Libya work because I, I did a bit of work in Libya. And, and I was like, absolutely no, I'm not writing that letter. I'm not, you'll be in social services. No, because they, they miss out. So if you can repair that now, which is hard when they're 29 and 27, which I hope I do because I try and spend a lot of time with them and they're fab and they've, they've grown up really well and they've got these amazing partners too that I just think we're really lucky. So that's success, but you've got to have a financial element as well. You never know, say, oh, money doesn't make you happy. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Too much money makes you very unhappy, I believe, from everybody I've ever met who's been super rich. I think loads of really rich people that are very, very miserable, which is an awful shame. But I've just got enough money, I think, that I've, you know, I'm okay. And then depending on where you are in your life is how much you give back as well. So when you're striving forward and you're building a business, those people tend not to give back and help other people for free. When you're 50 and you've got your, you know, you've got three granddaughters and a grandson and they're going to go into business, you need to help as many people as you can because you need, you need to make everything okay because they're going to come through and they're going to be businesswomen and businessmen so or whatever it is they decide to do. So that's why you give back so much. And also, I don't need to do anything else because I feel I've, I've, I'm there, I'm okay by some way I've got here. So what is the next, what is the next stage? I'm very, very proud to work for Balmoral Group. They own uh, 70% of our company and that's, they're like the best masters of business ever. And I now feel I learned a huge amount from them because they are, they're very traditional. It's Balmoral Group, so if you know Jimmy Milne, yeah. an absolute superstar. An abs- ab- I would never, ever have anybody say a bad word against him. What an absolute superstar. But below that, he's got this amazing board of people, and they have this ability to, to detach themselves emotionally from the business in a very positive way, whereas to me, Blaze is everything. It's my family. Everybody here is my family. And when somebody hurts my family, that's not a good place for them to be. So you have to detach yourself. When we go through a crisis, so we've been through the downturn, which was horrendous. We're coming out of that. We've diversified into all these different sectors, which is a huge amount of work. And I, and I appreciate the fact that a lot of people at the Blaze work a ridiculous amount of hours, far more than they are you know, contracted to do. But in the bad times, we're there for them as well, regardless of what it is. You know, we've done bizarre things for people just to make sure that they or their family are okay so but you have to detach yourself as well because as a business you have to make money and that's really tough these days so I I feel for anybody who's struggling and the government schemes are quite complicated as well to say and don't take a loan because that's just around your neck not around the business's neck it's around yours because you're the one putting up a personal guarantee as well so what do you think is success? What would you say is success? Interesting turning it around on me. I think everybody's measure of success is different. And, you know, different reasons why people got into business. You know, lot, lots of women in business who 
have set up their own business so that they can have the flexibility so they can you know just the this yeah I know (laughs) but to be able you know to be able to decide for themselves that they're going to take time off to with the kids at school and things like that you know take the holidays that they want and you know and some business people's success would just be being able to go on holiday with their family and and relax and spend that quality time because being in business is is hard and you you end up putting an, an awful lot of effort so whether whether your measure of success is is monetary you know a lot of the businesses that I help are aiming for particular goals and building their business to something that can sell and make make the profit that's going to be the the reward for all this hard work or it's being able to have a business that's not necessarily dependent on them you know so that that can work if they're not there all day every day so I I think that the flexibility is is an interesting one because everybody assumes that I can go shopping at any time because I own the company and it works in the opposite way because you work ridiculous hours. Last year we worked crazy hours uh, because we were having a difficult time with the, sh- with the shipyard. And this year I've had two days off, physically two days off. Howard hasn't had any at all. And I know nobody's been anywhere and I don't mean, oh yeah, we didn't go on holiday. I mean days off and at weekends you're just there 24 hours a day Jamie lives very close by to us he's head of operations we have people offshore on site seven days a week and you know it can be four o'clock in the morning and somebody rings you and something's happened we've just had somebody who was quarantined in Germany in a hotel for two weeks because somebody offshore was had COVID and it's how we're going to get through the next the next few months because of COVID and I've been asked by the CBI how will it affect our sector if we had a total lockdown and I said are you saying that the government are saying we're going to have a total lockdown like everything no supermarkets no nothing just everything everybody stays where they are for two weeks there's this fire break and they just can't do it because industry can't stop the plumber the plumber yesterday told me he can't get parts for boilers because the factories in the Far East shut down in March this year. So they've been using spare parts. Those spare parts are gone now. So that's just one industry. Yeah. What, what else is out there that's not been produced or not been made? You know, where, where are we going with it? I mean, I wouldn't like to be the one making the decisions. We, we speak to Holyrood all the time because they ask for our input because we're on the ground and we're, we're you know, they, they say, how is this affecting you? How is that affecting you? And it's affecting us badly, but we are managing to still operate. But And we're taking on people, which is great. But, but that's because we've done the hard work for the last two years to get to this position where you see lots of job losses uh, in Aberdeen. And that's going to be really difficult. And you, by, if you're made redundant, go and get yourself in a network. Business Connect is the one in Aberdeen because you need a group of people because otherwise you, you'll, be, you'll stagnate. And they'll help you with your LinkedIn profile and, you know, just you need other people. I think we all need other people. I think women in particular need other people. We need to talk about it and we need to help each other regardless of what position you hold. And always, people always say, gosh, I'm amazed how approachable you are. Well, that's because I'm absolutely normal. 
I have met women that are horrid, 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 horrid. And they'll give a presentation on the stage and they'll be friendly and <laughs> and then you'll go and try and speak to them afterwards and you just get you get nothing and you just think, oh my goodness, yeah, we're never going to be best friends. <laughs> and you know instantly, yeah. women know instantly. So I've met people in the past that I've thought, mm, we're not going to be best friends, are we? But you persevere and you do what you have to do. But there's some amazing people out there as well that are happy and healthy and want to help you and and just, you know, uh, re-energize you. Stay away from the bad ones. Stay away from the sharks. It's hard to spot a shark. You've got to ask your friends. But they're swimming around you most of the time. Great insight. Thank you. So part of the reason why, why I started this podcast is because I read some statistics in the Rose Review of Female Entrepreneurship that said that only one in three UK entrepreneurs are female and UK men are five times more likely than women to build a business of over a million pounds in turnover. So if, if women, UK women matched UK men in starting and scaling their businesses, it would add 250 billion to the UK economy. So how, how do you think that we can bring about that revolution? We talked a lot about this at WES, and it was it was about five years ago that we, we really started to talk about why. Why is that? Genuinely, why is that? What's everybody's, you know, opinion of why that is? And I met, there was this woman, do you know your iPhone when you hold your iPhone? So you've got your iPhone, and then there's like a thing you hold at the back. Like there could be a little something on it, you put your fingers there to hold it. met the woman who invented that. I can't remember the name of the company. She's really lovely. And she told me she mostly sold her products in America. And I said, well, that's interesting. Why not in the UK? And she said, because I couldn't get back in. I couldn't get investment. Men wouldn't take me seriously. She'd been to rounds of funding and they just dismissed her very rudely because she was a woman and referred to as the girl. Is the girl here? Oh, she is the girl finished? Which I was horrified because I've never come against that. Because I wasn't in a position, it wasn't till I found my voice that I actually started to stand up. Because before that, you've got to be confident. But just think about a household. You're, you're at tea with your husband and your husband works for GE or Shell or wherever. And you've started a business as a woman. And you say, I'm th- I'd like to expand the business, but I need us to invest as a family £100,000 and we, we need to put it on our mortgage, right? How likely is that conversation ever to happen or go through? But like Howard, when Howard set up Blaze, it was never supposed to be this big, by the way. It was never, ever supposed to be like this. So the deal with Blaze was he wanted to he wanted something that he could build because he's he's very he doesn't settle for anything, Howard. And he was bored because he only worked half eight till half past four, which he thought was ludicrous for one and get paid all that money. He was on eight, over £800 a day. It was, it was great. And he didn't want to stay there because he was bored. And he wanted to build something globally because that because that's the position he used to have. So we only wanted to turn over enough to have an amazing holiday every year. So we wanted a family holiday every year. So say we wanted to make £10,000 a year, that was the goal, right? And Howard will lie and say that wasn't true. But that is, I'm telling you, that is the truth. And he just wanted something that he enjoyed doing. He never, we never intended to create this monster. And it became a monster. And even when things were going really, really well and we had massive order book and we were turning over 18 million, 
lifting fear all the time. What if this happened? What if how does it think like this? By the way, I think like this. I worry. I am the worry ward. What if this? What if that? And it's only by speaking to people who are further down the journey than you that you can get proper advice. And you have to speak to a business owner and not somebody who works within a business because that's the other thing I've discovered. So we asked um, Alan Savage. Alan Savage owns um, a huge recruitment agency that's global and he lives in Inverness and he's a really lovely man. Orion Engineering, it's called. And he said to us, he's the one that said, you've got to lose, you've got to leave your jobs and go full time because it's a one-off and see if it will happen. Always do your accounts at your dining room table, meaning go and look at them really closely. If somebody prepares them, you know, that's fine. And always pay your people on time. So they were the three pieces of advice he gave us. And, and we've that's why we sort of both went to work at Blaze. But I was at a TBI meeting last year and I sat next to Graham Hutchinson, who is a lovely, lovely man from, it's not Diageo, it is, it's the company that owns Diageo. I can't remember the name of it. Sorry terrible because it's huge and it's multi-billions and we were sitting opposite Colin Walls from the Bank of the Bank of Scotland who's a lovely man again and I was talking about SMEs and how SMEs couldn't lend any money because they didn't trust the company and it was really tough and uh, Colin was talking about risk and I said well if you had a million pounds would you give it to me or would you give it him and got Graham's like <laughs> and I said, if he loses the million pounds, the worst that will happen is he absolute worst that will happen is he'll lose his job. That's it. And the million pounds gone. If I lose the million pounds, I've lost my company and my house. And so who's going to fight harder, me or him? And it, it's true. SMEs fight really hard. I know fantastic SMEs. I've often thought I'd love to start up a business just with business owners. Because we get it. We have the head of our work, uh, in our workshop, we've got Tom, who used to be a business owner. He completely gets it, completely gets it. Where you get other people that work within a company really, really well and at the top level, but they don't get the risk and how you live in fear most of your days when you're a business owner. I also know business owners who sold their business. And so one guy sold his insurance business, went to live in Marbella, the tip, you know, just typical story, got bored after three years and bought a hotel in Pitlochra, which is a fabulous hotel. And he's a great guy. And he started up an insurance company again. I said, why did you do that? Why did you do that? You got out. You got the ticket. And he said, because you can't stop. And that worries me a bit because I think, mm, will I be bored? No, because I've got another plan. That's why. So as an entrepreneur, you just keep going on your, yeah. on your journey. As long as you've got another plan, you just and always know what the worst case scenario is with everything. And then you can deal with it. And people will give you advice for nothing, you know, with regard to finances. You know, there's lots of lots of places you can get information. I sound really doom and gloom, but it's because most people watching this will be not in a happy place just now. It'll be difficult. Yeah. So, yeah, we need to make funding better available for women. And us women need to ask for help and support. That, yeah, just go. It is there. The Royal Bank of Scotland runs a programme for uh, business growth, and it's brilliant. It's Nick Basil. Is it Basil? Nick Basil. What a great guy. If you're a startup, you can get money. If you've already started up and you're a functioning business, no one cares. 
that's a real problem. And it's that middle area. So the starting up we found, there was loads of grants and loads of competitions. This Scottish Edge, which is a great competition, and you can win hundreds of thousands of pounds. And I remembered sitting there as a judge thinking, I would like to win that, but I'm a judge. But I'd, I can't enter this because I've already started the company. And it's that middle ground, it's the growth bit that's difficult. So you start off, my daughter-in-law is a really great example. She, she does social media for companies and she's brutal to me. She's like my business coach. Her, you know, choose somebody that, that's not just going to tell you what you want to hear. And so she's got clients, which is great. And then I said to her, what, where are you going with this? What, what, you know, what's the plan? And she said, you know what the worst thing is, is when you get somebody to work for you because it changes the equation but also, are they as good as you? Are they going to care as much as you? So you have to be really careful. When you set up a company, don't set it up with a load of your friends. Because if there's five of you, or if there's three of you, you've got to split the money three ways. So think about that. You know, starting up on your own is really important, but it's the growing that's really painful. A million pounds is a huge amount to turnover. It is a vast amount to turnover because if you're selling something that's a small amount of money, you've got to do a lot of it to get a million pounds. And can you do that on your own is questionable. A million isn't the tipping point, actually. It's further up the road. It's about seven million. Everything starts to go peak tongue because your overheads become more and the expectations of your staff become more in you. So it depends when you talk about growth, if you're talking about the million pounds, that's tough to attain and it's getting harder and it, it, it's harder now than when we set up. When we set up, you would never be able to set up a company like we did because of the insurance laws and Grenfell has affected our industry very badly. So I don't know how easy it is. My, my brother-in-law tried to set up a business and he's amazing at, you know, making barrels into like presentation barrels to show off whiskey bottles and, and glasses. And they're absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning. My sister said, do you think he should do it as a business? And I said, how many barrels can he make in a week? So then you're doing that, the, the calculation when you make money, which is very hard to do because it's very time consuming. And then I said, and also he's going to get halves, ham arm vibration because he's using a sander all the time. And how nice will it be in his garage in the winter? The minute he's doing it in the summer and it's happy day. So do you, does he want it to be a business? Because as soon as you go to limited company, you've got insurance you've got to have. You've got all these things you have to do. Setting up a business is a really big deal. So it annoys me when people do down somebody. There's a great lady in Lawrence Kirk who makes hats in a garden shed. And they are phenomenal. And she's such a lovely lady. And it's just like a quiet secret she's got. And I'm thinking, but you're amazing. You're absolutely... Alison, you know Ali, mm-hmm. Ali Barber, right? What a great business. But hard, hard industry to make money. Hard, hard. The local gym, phenomenal people. Just the kindest, most phenomenal people. We're really lucky in Lawrence Kirk. We've got these amazing businesses. The hardware store, just picture framing. He's got a garden centre out the back entrepreneurs absolute entrepreneurs so I had a little falling out with entrepreneurial Scotland because they asked me to become a member and I refused because I wanted them to define what an entrepreneur was because they say I'm an entrepreneur well not really because we've just got blaze I would say 
the people at the hardware store are better entrepreneurs than I am because they've done this and they've done this and they've done that's what an entrepreneur does it goes and it does more things yes it's the eternal question what is an entrepreneur I never thought I was one I thought Howard was but I never thought I was one and then I recognized that yeah I actually am because I'm forever looking at oh why don't we do this I drive him crazy why don't we do this why don't we do that and he just what what my son listens to me though thankfully and he's head of R&D and we've got an amazing thing that we want to work on but we, we don't have the green light yet but that'll be that'll be fabulous fabulous I'm quite excited about it but it's just not the right time to do it because we have to steady up the ship just now. Sometimes that's the hardest thing when, when somebody's got a real passion to do something and you can't let them do it because we've got this other thing we've got to do, we've got to deliver on that, and then we can look at that. So I guess that's a, a valuable skill in a business owner is knowing which shiny object syndrome, we call it. You know, So don't go for every shiny object that, oh, let's do that and let's do that. And yeah, that... A skilled entrepreneur knows which ones to go for and which ones to to keep for another time, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing that, the other tip is when you go to bed, that's when you write your list for tomorrow. Always, always. I'm sure you do that as well. And I used to, I have lists of lists of lists. We all do. Women do, don't they? So I started I had this little pad that I'd got from the 3D printing company in Angus Printers in Brecon. Fabulous, fabulous. And it's got 10, it's like a to-do list, but there's only 10 spaces. So I would start the day off with five things drop dead had to do, drop dead had to do these things. Because loads of things on your to-do list are really important. And then when you've not done them in four weeks' time, you realise that they actually weren't that important. So just have five things on there and five more things will come during the day because other people have stuff that's really important to them and you can't let them down. So it is that balance of, right, these are my really important things. When you go on holiday, plan the three weeks before you go away. We've not had a true holiday for years because when you're on holiday, anything can happen at your company. And you are it. You are responsible for that. You know when people say, oh, and I managed to switch off altogether. Well, good for you. Good for you. You clearly don't have a busy business. Because you are, the book stops here. You know, the court case stops right here. You're in the dock. It's not your workshop manager or somebody Mm -hmm. else. It's right here. So you have to be available. But that's where, if you ask people where they go on holiday, this is my latest fascination. Because the more successful a person we found are the richer the person the more bizarre their holidays are so i said to howard we need to go on a holiday where there's no wi-fi and we would you dare go on holiday without a phone you know i mean that's unheard of we work everywhere we worked in the maldives maldives had 3g when i didn't have it in my house so people go cycling i know lots of really great business people who cycle like serious cycling not just going for a bike ride like i do serious cyclists and it's because they've got to push themselves and they've got to think about nothing else yeah. rock climbers climbers walkers and they all have these bizarre holiday well i call it bizarre they're, they're absolutely normal i'm sure i wouldn't want to cycle around mallorca though quite frankly i'd much rather lie in a sunbed <laughs> so but it, it's it's like psychologically if you go down that route start asking people that's very interesting very interesting what people want to do how it sales by the way He's a he's a massive sailor, yacht yacht racing, the whole nine yards. Oh, 
loves it. I hate it. So what, what do you do in your spare time then? What do you do? Well, I, I used to ride gorgeous horses and I haven't ridden for a long time now. Gardening. I am an avid gardener. So, and the kids, but I have no spare time. Genuinely, you know, if you say, oh, what are you doing in spare I haven't got any. I don't have any. So my dad lives with us, so we care for dad. The kids live close by. So at the weekend, one day is spent with one of them. The other day is spent with the other one because one's in Dundee. I mean, these are bizarre times just now. No one was happier with the lockdown than me because I am very, very lucky to live where we do. And the weather was fabulous. And we created this veg garden, which we'd never done. And also we stopped traveling because normally we travel all the time. I think that's changed for good. I genuinely do. But we traveled all the time. We were never, ever, ever here. Every month we would travel three times in that month. And you just missed everything, really. Mm. And then we had to be here. And we were here for, well, that was March, April, May, June, nearly five months. And then we had to go, we went to Cornwall because we've got a big job down in Cornwall. And it was the weirdest thing going to the airport because we used to do it. We had a backpack all the time and you could just go at the drop of a hat. And then I couldn't remember what to pack. It was it was absolutely ridiculous because you have your bag that you take on the train to Edinburgh or Glasgow and then you've got your bag for going on a plane. And I'd refined it to a fine art of, you know, not having to take, put anything in the hole because you have to wait for it. And it was all about, everything was about time and how to save time. And suddenly, and my luggage collection was complete finally <laughs> got all the bit you know the bags that you pull and everything and I it's just been the strangest time but we loved it we love being at home the worst thing that happened I shouldn't say that because all the terrible things happened Howard lost his dad which was really difficult it was in Manchester my uncle died but personal grief was my dog died my god I can't tell you if anybody out there has got a dog just love it. I mean, I loved her. I used to tell her I loved it every single morning, kiss her on the head, flat coat retriever. And she'd been ill for ages. And that was the best gift about lockdown was spending all day with her, which was fantastic. Until sadly, 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 we had to put her down. Absolutely grief-stricken. Five months on, grief-stricken. Still, still really struggling with it. Don't know what to do. Don't always get the same breed. Blah, 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 blah. Miss her so much. But now we spend so much time at home having a dog is really important whereas you know I used to see her all the time but having a dog died oh my lord just heartbreaking yeah so just about moving on now and how are we gonna how are we gonna cope with the winter are we gonna have people in blaze are we going to have them at home we're gonna have them at home we're gonna let people do whatever they want to do actually is what we're going to do because some people work better at home some people are alone at home not everybody has a family we're their family, genuinely we're their family. So we're going to let people do what they want. We're going to try and grow again. So our growth plans are, are quite ambitious, but we're fully capable of doing it. But we need decisions to be made by government to help that. So we're waiting for subsidies to be announced for renewables. We campaign a lot. So I campaign a lot. And I think I get further with it because I am a woman, because it would just be another man. And I, I seem to be the only one that stands up and says, but we need to do this thing because this is really important to everybody. Everybody's going to win. I'm not just fighting for, for Blaze. I'm fighting for every company so that we're competitive against Europe. 
Brexit. Don't even get me started on Brexit. <laughs> oh my glory yes. days. Yes. Who knows? Who they said the other day that there was going to be 20 mile tailbacks of lorries mm-hmm. in Dover. And I thought, well, if you know that now, do something about it. Just would just do something about it. We're matching. Did you notice that? We're matching. Yeah, I don't have the beautiful sparkles that you've got. But yeah. I bought this. I only bought this at the weekend. It's lovely. And I thought, oh, it looks quite nice. It's quite nice. <laughs> and that's been absolutely unreal. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Not at all. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneur's show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And please join our Facebook community at Scale Her Up. Please connect with me, Brenda Hector, on social media and drop me a message to let me know you're enjoying the podcasts. Or even better, pop a wee review on iTunes. I'm going to finish by reminding you, only one in three UK entrepreneurs are female. And men are five times more likely to scale their business to over one million in turnover than women. If we started and scaled our businesses to the same extent as men, it would add 250 billion to the UK economy and provide millions of jobs. Ladies, you can do it and we're gonna make a massive difference.